Hello, my name is Peter Jones. I'm Gav, Gav Cross. And this is Funny Looking Pod. Funny Looking Podcast 15. Lost in there, yeah? Yeah. Lovely stuff. Pete Jones. Yes, what sir. is Funny Looking Podcast? Funny, funny Looking is a chance for two men to enthuse about things they really enjoy. It's to celebrate people who don't get enough attention. Yeah. It's to just to give people advice yep. and tips and share things that we really, really love. We do, and we love comedy, and we love comedians. Sometimes a bit too hard. <laughs> there is several restraining orders out on Gav. <laughs> but I'm an unashamedly an enthusiast. And this is a very special funny looking because we're recording in a very special location, Gav. Where are we? Well, let, let me look ahead of me. I see two beautiful young birch trees. And over my shoulder, um, well, first of all, this, is this the first recording outside? This is the first outdoor record, yeah. I can see Petra. Now, that's not the lost Jordanian city of uh, Indiana Jones fame. It's actually a bronze statue of a dead dog from the 1980s. <laughs> R.I.P. We are in the Blue Peter Garden at Media City. And this podcast is very much for the memory of Petra, the dead dog, <laughs> R.I.P. Goldie, with niche there. We are recording this um, outside in the summer sunshine, so if you hear train sounds, random children who come up and talk to us. Um, stupid children. We, we, that is where we are. But this is, is even more special, isn't it? Go on. This is the first in a subset of our podcast. We are... The official podcast of the Liverpool Comedy Festival. How about that, Pete? It's not bad, mate. I told you. You had all those business meetings. I told you after two years, someone would listen. <laughs> we are. Um, we're, Everybody's listening. We're working in partnership with the Liverpool Comedy Festival to uh, to um, just celebrate the comedy, celebrate who they've got, who they're who's coming, celebrate and chat to just people who are out there doing what they do and. We're really excited to be doing that with them. So coming up in this podcast, we're talking to Sam Avery, who is a Liverpool comedian and the curator of the Liverpool Comedy Festival. Yeah, Sam, Sam has been someone I've known for a few years now and uh, definitely uh, definitely out there doing his thing. He's currently in Edinburgh, rock and doll. Rock in Edinburgh right now. Uh, I don't know why I'm talking like this. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, focus. And we're also talking to Kiri Pritchard-McLean. Excellent. Let's go straight into our chat in the basement, in the dark basement, with Sam Avery. I think this is one of the most kind of like glamorous and theatrical interviews I've ever done. I mean, with Sam Avery. Sam Avery, before you introduce yourself, could you tell us where we are? Uh, we're in a dungeon, <laughs> um, and I'm currently sort of leaning over a desk, which sounds incredibly dubious, <laughs> but um, we're in the Royal Court Theatre, and... Um, it's it's not as glamorous as it looks, um, but that's that's showbiz. Isn't right, it? it's all going on. There's a big show upstairs. You theatre just been through, and there's um, a gig on uh, later tonight. Tell us who you are, Sam Avery. So my name's Sam Avery, and I'm a, a stand-up comedian, and I'm the uh, artistic director of the Liverpool Comedy Festival and the Comedy Trust, which is the charity that uh, runs the festival. We run we run a, a bunch of other events throughout the year as well. So fingers in pies. What's the gig tonight? Uh, the gig tonight is comedy course for beginners, and it's the uh, final performance. So basically, we do it. We do a comedy course, which is six weeks, and uh, 
adults who want to do stand up or want to build the confidence or want to you know learn a different skill or just try it out really like a, almost like you do a parachute jump for the first time just just as an experience we do that for six weeks and then on the final week we do a live performance so that's um, tonight that's tonight yes yeah, so it's very so there's people standing on stage for the first time yeah it's very exciting and the tension is palpable but I think <laughs> it's often the audience are more nervous than the performers at yeah. these because it's an invited audience so it's yeah. it's friends and family and they desperately don't want to see their, their dad die of course not so how long have you been a comedian? I did my first gig in 2003 which is uh, old hand now ages ago yeah but I, I I wanted to do it for years before I did it and then I, when I first started, I didn't really understand what I was doing or how, you know, I, for the first two years, I think I did about 15 gigs maybe in the first two years, so I actually was getting worse. I'm loving the trombone in uh, the background. It sounds like Sonia from EastEnders in the next room, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> but that proves we're in this live theatre space. It's like, I feel like I'm in this, the, the early 80s fame movie. <laughs> if we, if yeah. we turn around the corner, someone will be stretching out. Stretching out and, and crying, begging, begging to steal your innocence. <laughs> <laughs> so you did 15 gigs in two years, and that was just like playing around and... Yeah, I... To be honest, I spent most of that doing the same set every night and not, it not getting better. And that, that old phrase about the definition of madness is trying the same thing again and again, expecting different results. And that's what I did. And it got to the point I did a gig in Clitheroe and just, oh, just that's the worst death. And I thought, I want to do this. I need to actually work at it. I, I, in my head, I think that I thought that, you know, oh, it'll just happen. You know, you do have to work at it. So learned to drive, got a car, started driving up and down the country seven nights a week, just doing anything just doing I could, really. Yeah, and just, I, I found myself over 12 months just. Improving, improving so, is, so much. Is it that thing? It's stage time and fear that gets you going. Oh, so for me it was. Yeah, stage time, fear, and gradual, gradual progression. Yeah, I think for me, I just, I just had to. I, I, I was not a natural performer. I, I didn't have any kind of drama experience. I wasn't someone who'd been on stage. I was in a band years ago, but you can hide very easily behind the music. And I was only a bass player, so no one really, no one really cares about the bass player. So I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't take to it like a duck to walls. I had to keep... I, I was even, like, comparing music nights that my mates used to run just so I could get on stage and speak on a microphone for five, ten seconds because it all just chipped away at some of the, the nerves and apprehension I had. And, and over time, you just... You, you know, you can feel yourself getting better and you have these lovely moments where you do a gig one night and you think, you know, six months ago, I couldn't have turned that around. You know, I couldn't have dealt with that audience, but you deal with it quite well. And then the next time it happens, you... You feel incredibly confident about it, so and it starts to kick into place. Yeah, yeah. So when, how far, did, how long did it take <coughs> to become your full-time job? I think it was probably, I think it was two thousand and eight. Uh, so probably two thousand and five, I started really taking it, uh, you know, seriously, and then probably probably two or three years really after that, before I felt like, well, before I was earning enough money to get by on really, you know, getting weekend bookings. I think that's the key when you start getting a couple of Friday and Saturday bookings, um, but. It's 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 a funny thing because people start after you and become mega famous within two years, and people start before you and are still absolutely, you know, horrendous. You know, fifteen years in. So what's the magic then? I think it's being self-critical. I think that's the key. I think you've got to be self-critical. You've got to examine everything you're doing. You've got to think, well, if that didn't work, can I really blame the audience? Sometimes you can. Often I do, <laughs> but not. It's it, you should never do that as a first kind of reaction. I think you've got to look at yourself because even a really bad audience, you could have dealt with it better, or you could have said something. And I think your material needs to constantly evolve, and you need to come, you know, keep writing stuff. And these are things I I preach and don't necessarily <laughs> don't necessarily <laughs> do follow. As I, do as I say. Totally.
but 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 I think recording your own gigs, I think that's really really helped me at the beginning. I started doing that again in the last sort of year, and that's really helped me just just listening back and going, that doesn't work, does it? Why why do I keep doing that gag that's never got a laugh except maybe once at the beginning? And in my head, the memory of it is oh, it's so a good it becomes joke. that art form, that practice, that trade, as opposed to I can get through this, I can get a few laughs and get off. Uh, it does, yeah. Well, you've got to. I think once you're paying the mortgage with it, you need to make sure that you, you're doing the business because otherwise there's a, well, there's an incredible amount of pressure when you go on stage on a Saturday night for a, a club that you do a lot of work for and maybe the owners are in and they're having a look at you and you're thinking, oh, I've got to do the, do the stuff here. And, you know, if it starts to go awry, you can really start to, you know, you start to have all these thoughts. Oh, I'm going, oh, it's Christmas. I've got an extra payment on my car and all this stuff. So... You need to really think about it. But I had a really interesting interview with Jerry Seinfeld or, or read an inter- interview with Jerry Seinfeld where he said that he sees being a stand-up comedian more like being a sportsman than being an artist because you are literally, you know, honing every little aspect of your performance. These are the muscles that you can exactly, work yeah. up. Exactly. And, and, you know, every time you go out there listening back, watching back as a sportsman, what were your mistakes? What were your successes? You know, it, it does. it's a bit analytical. I don't think, I don't think I'm that much... Um, inclined in that way, but totally get his point. It makes total sense, and he, you know, he's doing all right. Isn't he? He's, he's, <laughs> he seems to come. Yeah, he's doing. I mean, he's doing working yeah. on the internet now. Well, his, not... uh, yeah, his podcast. Not a touch on this, you know. Clearly, <laughs> well, you know, we're trying to get him on. <laughs> what else do you do? Uh, let's talk about um, the uh, the comedy trust and and then the the, fist, the festival. Yeah, let me say that again because the festival. The festival's something that we're working on that, actually, but a, that's a different, uh, different, different month. Liverpool Comedy Festival. <laughs> Sound like you're South African. Uh, you tell, us, <laughs> tell us about the other things you do. The Comedy Trust, the work, the work, and also the Liverpool Comedy Festival. Yeah, so the Comedy Trust, I, I've worked for uh, since 2006, and I started off just doing a little bit of office work because I, I worked in a bank before then, and I wasn't doing enough gigs to get by, so started working in the in the office and then basically the comedy trust was, was set up to run the comedy festival in Liverpool um, and alongside that all these workshops and programs have, have been developed so the, the big one is standout which is a six-week course for, for young people basically under 18 and it's all about building confidence self-esteem communication skills and using stand-up as a vehicle to to do that so it's it's a great laugh it's really funny um, and it's brilliant when you see some of the kids who can't literally week one they can't make eye contact and like by the sixth week you do a performance in the school. The family are there, the teachers are there, and the, you know they're strolling up and down the stage, and they're, they're hitting the lines, and they're, they're pausing for the laughs and the applause, and it's it's fantastic. And that then then got developed into an adult course, comedy course for beginners. We do we do some corporate workshops, and we do a lot of work with. Um, we've got a big mental health pro, uh, program at the moment, which is funded by um, Comic Relief and the Department of Health and Time to Change, which is working with. Mental, people with mental health problems to reduce the stigma and I, I was really excited when we got the funding because I said that's amazing they might do a piece on us on comic relief and <laughs> all my mate said you're the only comedian I've ever met who wants to be on the sad bit <laughs> of comic relief because <laughs> I think it, you know showing where the money's gone I think yeah. that you know would be a good piece so that's really exciting that's going to run right through till January next year in St. Helens so, so there's a lot going on there Comedy Festival, this is my first year of being in control of the Comedy Festival, really. You know, in terms of, yeah, oh God, yeah, I've totally changed. I've totally changed. Look at my shoes. Megalomania. (laughs) Um, What does that mean, though? Well, it just means I'm steering it, really. I'm, you know, I'm programming it and I'm I'm looking after the direction of it. I don't, I'm not saying it's my festival because that's an incredibly pompous and arrogant thing to say. I like that. The Sam Festival, I mean, the Sam Fest. Sam Fest. Yeah, Sam Fest. But, I mean, programming it has been a lot more work than I, than I thought, which it's been really exciting, you know, spe- just speaking to some of the acts that we've been able to get on and um, just trying to 
what we're trying to do is just make it more exciting in, in the city and make it more visible as well and make, make sure everyone feels like they're involved and a part of it. So how comes you're joining up with a two-bit Tim Pot podcast, like Funny Looking? Um, I, well, I was going to give a joke answer there, and I think I still will. Everyone else was busy, it was going to be my joke answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this you, is it, right. And you were in my front garden at the time, <laughs> leaning, leaning on that fridge. Um, Knocking on the door. <laughs> Sam. Sam, can I have my pants back? <laughs> um, I'm just really you know, excited about the idea of, of working with yourselves because because of the work that you do and the, the, the way that the podcast is put together and the way it's put out there and the, the genuine love of comedy that comes through with every, every syllable ah. that you speak. Um, and, and I think that's really important because I think we just, we, you know, we wanted to get involved with someone who's going to be, you know, on board from the beginning and, and really kind of, you know, champion what we do and, and share our vision. I know the, I'm using some quite kind of business tech speak. That's that's but that's right. that's kind of how we see it because it's it's sort of changing the perception of what the festival is. So this is what it is. Funny looking is is the, is going to be in partnership the podcast of the festival, the pod the pidcast of Pid, the festival. the festival. <laughs> We're going to be talking to the acts. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Some, some bits and pieces during. Yeah. Literally while they're on stage. While they're on stage, yeah. we're going to go on with this little mic, going to run up and say anything for the podcast yeah. is for the internet. Potential <laughs> audience seven billion. <laughs> Um, we've got some plans to do some of that because we obviously and hopefully you, you don't listen to it we do the nonsense Sunday night live stuff we're hopefully going to make some of that work but we're really excited yeah great well it's great to see you know, and it's going to be about what we do which is celebrate celebrate what we find funny and point and steer people definitely we're going to have some uh, guest interviewers more about that after brilliant and we're going to have some fun yeah can't wait very exciting so when is that September September the 25th to October the 5th so and it's it's you know it's going to be all across all across Liverpool. It's obviously going to be mainly centred in the in the city centre. You know, a give us some. Who are you looking forward to? Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, Cardinal Burns. Oh uh, yes, at the at the Epstein uh, Theatre on the second of October. That's a, that's a good. That's uh, a big. That's yeah. a big hit. And that was that that was a fair bit of work just to get. You know, confirmed, but it's totally worth it because I just I just think they're fantastic. The funniest, funniest sketch. On, I'll yeah. tell you in a minute. Yeah, yeah. And we've also got we've got something else I was going to talk about, but it's not. It's ninety nine percent confirmed, so I'm not going to say. All right. Yeah. So we're going to put a pause. Yeah. You can say it, and I'll cut it out if it doesn't go in. Okay. It is going to be a screening of the Bill Hicks documentary um, called Bill Hicks and an American Story. I keep forgetting the name of it, which is pathetic. And where are you going to do that? And that's going to be at the Odeon, and there's going to be a Q and A with the directors. How exciting! As well. So. How exciting. That'd be that'd be brilliant to have on because we just want to bring more elements because not everyone wants to go and see a live comedy show. No. Some people are just you know no. more interested in the form. The festival is more than just the gigs. It's exactly. About... Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, can't we'll, wait. We'll, 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 we'll be knocking on your door. I'll be standing by that um, tumble dryer in your garden. Yeah. Well, you put it there, so well, that's I'll fair take enough. It away. <laughs> if you give us the connections, I'll take it away. That's the deal. <laughs> deal. Deal is done. Deal is done. Good fun. Looking forward to it. Brill. Good stuff, man. Enjoyed that. I did too. Good hookups as well. Yes, absolutely. Really looking forward to it. Very exciting. Um, LiverpoolComedyFestival.com. Now, we're, as we're recording this, the website hasn't gone live, but uh, it should have done. That's where you can go and look at that that lineup. And there are people on that list coming to the festival that I'm genuinely very excited about. Okay. Put your top back on. <laughs> uh, no particular order. Cardinal Burns.
Cardinal mm, Burns nice. doing a gig. Uh, fantastic. You can seek them out on um, 4OD. Just, just probably some of the best sketch comedy on TV at the minute. I've got to say yeah, that. Agreed. Just, just sure. bon- bonkers character stuff. Really, really funny. Uh, Sean Hughes, that man. That man shaped comedy in my 80s and 90s. Sean Hughes, he's the master. Brilliant he's podcast at the minute. Amazing podcast. Uh, Under the Radar podcast, Sean Hughes. Once you finish this one and you've told a friend and written us a nice review, yeah. download Sean Hughes' podcast. Absolutely. Um, Cardinal Burns, I've mentioned. Who else? Sean Hughes. Robin Ince. I mean, he's doing everything everywhere, but the man is a genius. <laughs> the man is frighteningly clever and very, very funny. He's coming to Liverpool. Um, Bridget Christie. Bridget Christie. Bridget Christie. I'm going to say that again. Bridget Christie. After seeing Bridget Christie in uh, just read from a piece of paper, we know she's doing fantastically well. Edinburgh, as we record, she's coming to Liverpool. Come to Liverpool to do both shows. And there's also a couple of people we've spoken to on this show. Friends of the podcast. Well, I don't think official friends. Maybe mm. like Facebook friends. Do you yeah. know when you just, oh yeah, mates. Uh, Hayley Ellis. And you can listen back to that chat with Claire. And uh, Lawrence Clark. Lawrence Clark, who's getting some fantastic reviews as well. So it's going to be busy. It's exciting, isn't it? It's exciting that these good people are coming to do comedy in Liverpool. Usually they stay to Manchester. Sure, why wouldn't you? But there's loads of local uh, Liverpool Merseyside comics as well. Uh, and we're going to try and talk to as many of those as we can. Uh, uh, Adam Rowe, Adam Rushton, Northwest based. Alistair Clark, who's a young up and coming um, uh, comedian. We've got Silky, who's not no, he's, he's no longer based in Liverpool, but from from the area. And there's just going to be uh, loads of stuff going on for the time. I don't know how I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get any sleep. You don't sleep much anyway, do you? I don't really. It's an old it's an old age thing. Mm. Uh, and we're going to try and talk to as many as we can and get them in the podcast so that you can get a taste of of just who they are and then come along to a festival and say hello. And if you are a performer during the festival, make contact with us at Funny Looking Pod on Twitter, Funny Looking Pod at gmail.com and uh, funnylooking.co.uk. Nailed it, mate. Come and say hello. Come and say hello. And we want to talk to you if you're doing something in the festival and we'll put it on because we're going to do more of these aren't we afraid so mate okay not from the blue peter garden all the time no you may from somewhere else i quite like it and because we were too excited we forgot to say what and where sam will be and he'll be all over the place i'm sure but in particular five o'clock sam avery dave twentyman what are you thinking about on the 5th of october at 81 renshaw street and that will be on the website Somebody who is going to be at the festival is our next interviewee, Kiri Pritchard-McLean, who is part of, well, the silent partner of an excellent sketch troupe called Gaines Family Gift Shop. Who we've also talked to, but they're going to be in the next podcast. So here oh, yeah. is teaser trailer. my lovely chat Breadcrumbs. with a very croaky uh, Kiri Pritchard-McLean. This was recorded just before Edinburgh Festival started. She's gone up there, she put up with some technical issues on my behalf, and we had a great chat. Hello. Morning, how are you? <laughs> Um, I do sound very like I've just woken up, don't I? But I have been up. I've been up for a few hours. I'm just a little under the weather. I believe you. We are talking even before 10 o'clock, which, you know, the the cliche (laughs) is that's not a time many comedians see. Yes, but I've only recently become a full-time comedian and before that I used to juggle the day jobs as well. So to me, this is... This is perfectly reasonable hour. Lionsville. No, that's one of my first questions, actually, I want to ask you, uh, Kiri, is that you, you, you have gone full-time um, as a comedian. How's that? How's that? Was that? What was the leap? What was the push? 
Um, oh, well, it's it's scary, but lovely. Um, so what was it? I don't know that there was any one defining point because I mean, I really I did enjoy my day job, and it was all I used to um, work for an agency, and I was a producer for them, so it was all related to comedy. But it just got to the point where I couldn't do a good job of both things. So I sort of gave my boss like a year's notice and said, you know, I can sort of pay my own bills now with comedy. So let's let's say in a year's time, I'll be gone. So that's what happened really. And it just, uh, yeah, it's really nice to have in your head. Oh, I'm, go- I'm going in whatever time it was. Whatever, I can't remember. I think it was April when I went full time. So yeah, it's strange. It feels weird. And I still don't like, I still wouldn't call myself a comedian. That's good feels like a strange thing to do but it's just nice and it's just good because um it didn't happen immediately but after a little while once I just sort of settled myself down and caught up on everything I just writing loads more which is really important to me and um, because obviously like the, the juggling of everything and the day job is not something that you can switch off from because of the nature of what it is I have to have all that information in my head at any one time yeah. and that doesn't leave much room for comedy so yes it's great because I've started writing loads again which is nice really nice oh that's excellent so what, what how many years did it take to go from those first steps to full time uh, so I started in sort of January 2010 and then, yeah, so for just over four years, I think I could have gone, I could have got by a year earlier, mm. but I'm very, because I have a house, like I bought a house, so I, there's no real house. margin. Yeah, it's very grown up, isn't it? Very grown up. And yeah, there's no kind of like, oh, can mum, dad, can you pay my rent? It's just I have to make my mortgage every month. So I did definitely err on the side of caution. So yeah, about about four years it took. So what is what is this life now? Is it is it the um because you're based in the northwest where we're based? Um, yes. All of these things are, I mean, we've met very briefly. All of these, I've said this before in interviews, these odd things you glean from social networks, like you know someone, but really you don't. But I feel, <laughs> feel like some kind of like, you know, we all feel like a stalker, don't we? So you're, ba- <laughs> you're based in the northwest, and so that's up and down, up and down the motorways now. It's east, west, yeah. north, south. Everywhere that will have me. But I've been like that since I started, that I would just go anywhere for because all I got told when I started was, like, gig loads. So I was like, hey, okay. And it wasn't like, oh, there's no gigs in Manchester. I I, I remember once, because I used to have, like, an old TCV when I started, which was, like, a 25-year-old little French car. And and I used to... I remember one week, I went to Newcastle three times, each time for five minutes of stage time. But I just knew that that's what you needed to do. And it paid off, So I've always been... Well, yeah, I suppose I'm still doing it now, yeah. But I'm not necessarily sure that in retrospect those gigs are any good for me in the long term. But every gig's useful, isn't it? Is is what you'd like to say, but that's not that wasn't the case in Red Cow. Uh, but but I think that is important because there are a lot of comedians or people who want to be comics who 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 do follow that that they will drive 250 miles for five minutes yeah. because it's about getting seen or stage time. Well, I always, I remember when I started out, I used to just, I, I would take anything, any kind of stage time, because I know that's how you get better. 
And I remember talking to my parents about it, who've been wonderfully supportive. And I, I just remember being, I was always really encouraged by everything, by even the smallest victory. So I remember going to sort of Sheffield to do Abcom when it first started, which felt like a long way. And because I think my car broke, so I had to get various buses and trains and things. And then getting there and then someone seeing me at that gig and then giving me a paid gig. So I was, I just remember being really encouraged by these small victories being like see every gig someone sees you at and because you gig with comics and comics book their own gigs it's there's there isn't really a what I mean sometimes when it's like you're on in between bands and you know it's just horrible and there's no PA then they're not great for the soul or you as a comic but generally I think every gig's useful. So what what's the um the show that you're gonna to bring to the Liverpool Comedy Festival, Kerry? Uh, it is a title still sort of pending, but I think I think I'm still this one. Um, is Cooper Payne's racist sexist comedy show? Um, that's the title of it, and it's because I'm preempting any criticism that I'm going to get. Um, because it's quite involved what I'm doing, and it's it's ludicrously ambitious, and I'm I'm not at the skill set because I've been working on it since October October 2013 was the first preview. So I've been sort of, and I haven't, I've not been diligently working on it, but I've been proving it here and there and writing for it all the time. Um, but it's because of the nature of what I'm talking about. There's just no margin of error. So I'm in no hurry to take it to Edinburgh. It's when it's ready, it will go and not before. That's exciting. Now, that, that does bring us neatly, actually. It's rather glamorous. You are sitting in Edinburgh now, aren't you? Yes, I suppose it is quite nice. Actually, I've got a really lovely room. I feel like I'm on holiday, much nicer than my actual house. And um, so, yeah, so I am sat in Edinburgh now. We got up here yesterday. That's right. We're talking um, so just got... before the festival starts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I think the first thing we do today is our tech run and um, for the, the sketch group that I'm a part of. Um, so, this is the first official Edinburgh stuff to be done today, which is very scary. Oh, because we're gonna we'll, we will talk again with uh, yourself and perhaps another member of Gaines Family Gift Shop who are also double double billing with you, aren't they? Mm. And we'll, we'll, yes, have, we'll yeah, have that yeah. conversation. But what is what is Edinburgh to you? How many times have you been? Tell us, uh, tell us what. Oh, I'm quite new to it all. Um, so I have been. This is only my third full Edinburgh, and the previous two I was producing shows. So this is, uh, so the first year I just went up, um, oh, I did weekends and then two years prior to that, I think, went up, yeah, 2010 I've been going since, did 2010 just went up for a weekend, 2011 just went up for a weekend, 2012 went up as a producer with Gag Reflex, produced shows, I think we did, uh, six that year, seven that year, and then the year after we did sort of 13, uh, and then, yeah, this is my... And I also did a split hour on the Free Fringe with the wonderful Pete Otway, um, and, which was really good for me <laughs> because I needed to get out of the flat because it's very easy when you're doing a job like that to just stay in the same room and go, oh, I haven't seen daylight today and nearly get rickets by the end of the festival. <laughs> um, but then this is my first year being like, oh, it's just me as a, as a comedian person, which feels a bit strange, but it also feels wonderful. And I'm hopefully going to have sort of the fringe that I've always wanted, um, and getting to see loads of shows and do do lots of gigs. So yeah, excellent. And oh dear, I'm a bit worried now. If you're starting the festival a bit under the weather, is this going to? Oh 
Yeah. But you know what? I'm I, honestly, I never get ill. I'm, I'm furious because I just, it just doesn't happen. I don't get ill. Uh, and so I don't, I do a bit of a, I deal with it as probably gentlemen do and have a bit of a man flow like, oh, I'm really ill because I've just got no coping mechanisms for it. But I'm just going to eat lots of um, oranges today and trick myself into thinking that I'm better again. Well, you can't so be, you can't be ill with all those hills in Edinburgh. You can, yeah, that's but true. you'll walk it all off. So, the, so Funny Looking is based in the, between Liverpool and Manchester. What what do you think is the status really of the northwest comedy scene, if there is one? Uh, there definitely is one, and I think it's um, I think it's thriving at the northwest comedy scene. Yeah, it's, I really do. There's there's um, there's loads of gigs at every level, and some people would say that's a bad thing because it's. Yeah, and I think everyone's terrified of us doing in New York and um, gigging ourselves into oblivion and everything turns to being pay-to-play. But I actually think that it's too sort of self-governing for that. Um, it's, you know, these sort of self-elected um, elder statesmen of comedy that sort of flap down on anything that looks like it's going to be pay-to-play or damaging to new comics, which is wonderful. Um, but yeah, there seems to be a good amount of stuff at every level. There's, you know, there's big clubs, um, and they all seem to have amateur nights where you can learn your trade, which is certainly where I started at the Frog and Bucket. Don't Beat the Frog was a really big step for me. That was really that's very close to my heart. And then getting to MC it now is like a huge personal goal achieved. Um, and then, yeah, there's, and then there's sort of your mid-level small gig. Rob Riley's a brilliant promoter on the North West. He runs lovely sort of... And you know, monthly gigs in great little towns. There's just, just bits of everything. Liverpool's great as well, really strong scene. Lots of sort of interesting little nights there as well. Like I remember I always used to do, still going, I think, at uh, Legion Zoom's night at Mellow Mellow. Yeah. Just sort of a little bit of everything. And that was always really, I would always try to be like, Rob, can I come and do your gig? Rob, can I come and do your gig? Because um, that was somewhere I could always get stage time. And yeah, you know, there's, there's great stuff. And obviously, Red Redman's got his Dead Cat Nights which is sort of, um, it's based on, I suppose, a free fringe model in that, you know, you chuck a bit in the bucket at the end, whatever you think the show's worth, which, um, excuse me, I'm going to yawn. It's not because I find it boring. No, it's all right. It's happened before during many an interview. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm just so relaxed in your presence. But, yeah, I think what Red Redman's doing with um, uh, Dead Cat Comedy is is a really nice idea as well. Um, So I I can see why people are a bit reticent. It's like, oh, they think it's devaluing comedy, but I think there is a place for it on the circuit. I don't think it has to be paid or open spot. I think there is a middle branch. And also it's getting people who might not get booked for opening 20s, or or just 20s rather. It's a place to do 20s, because you can't suddenly take the leap from doing a 10 to a 20. There has to be some little low-pressure nights where you can run that 20 out to get match fit. Some proving grounds. Because I think that's the hardest. Yeah, that's the hardest step up. Because you go from being like, oh, well, you can flush a 10. Now do twice as long in a room where people have paid, you know, 15 quid to see you. And they're all there hoping that they have a really good night for their birthday. It's a huge step up. So I think his notes are, are really useful in that respect. Yeah, there's loads going on. That's great. And, and my last question before you go and stick your head in a bucket of vitamin C, Lem, <laughs> a day of Lemsip. Um so who are you excited about seeing in in Edinburgh? Or who would you, who are the comics that are just either historically or currently or, or on the up tickling you? Ooh. Um, well, I got my fringe guy just so I was making stars next to everyone I wanted to see. 
Um, right, who do I really want to see? Is that like do you, is that like sitting down with the Radio Times at Christmas? Absolutely. Well, I'm not. Um, although, like, I had a pony went to private school. I'm not middle class enough to have ever done the Radio Times thing. Oh, sorry. Um, but I'm aware of it as a phenomenon. So for me, it was the Argos catalogue. I would no, go okay. through and go, I would like all these things. Um, <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so what did I do yesterday? So, yeah, I sat in the car and I went through. Um, whose shows am I really excited about seeing? Um, it's just such a shame Michael J. Dole was not coming up. It is a shame. I, I enjoy everything that he does. Um, so I'm really sad I won't get to see that. We we um, we, we <laughs> focused a lot on Michael J. Dolan. There is actually a Michael J. Dolan study circle in Funny Looking Archive, and his show last oh, really? year was just standout. But anyway, sorry, your list. Now, who do I really want to see? Uh, oh, do you know whose show I saw, who I thought was brilliant, and I'm going to go and see it again, and I don't usually see shows twice, um, is uh, Dave Williams who um, you may have seen on the circuit, is doing a spoken word show called Proof Rock and Me uh, about the poem um, by T.S. Eliot. And it is just a beautiful hour, a really sort of like touching, heartfelt, funny, uh, humble, beautiful thing to spend an hour doing. It's on the PDH's Free Fringe. And it was just, I was like, because look at me, hold a load of previews in my house. Uh, so we got to see uh, some our pals do their shows. And it was just great. Uh, Dave, for me, was like, oh, wow. It just was really wonderful. So I would recommend that. And I'm someone who's really like, unless it's stand-up, I'm not really interested. But I absolutely I loved Dave's show. And it's really nice to see him push himself and force himself away from his stand, stand-up sensibilities and just do a really sort of honest, touching show it was lovely and um, who else would I like to see I, I've always jo- enjoyed Felicity Ward's show and um, Seymour Mace is doing a panel show this year and I love see- everything Seymour touches for me is, is gold so I would really like to go into that Chris Coltrane is doing a show about feminism and I love him on Twitter but it's very very funny so I'm going to go and see that because it's right up my street um, Ed Gamble I think will do a brilliant first hour i'd really i find him very watchable so i'm gonna go and see him there's a huge huge list basically <laughs> um but i'll be avoiding sketch like the plague because <laughs> i'm not huge oh in fact that's not true i really like the pin i think they're brilliant and um, they're sort of uh, yeah bravos they're brilliant they're really really great and i have a real hatred towards sketch and um, so they will be the only people that i'll go and see I <laughs> Well, I think the next time we talk will will be about uh, a sketch troupe you're involved with. Probably, yeah. Yeah, well, this is, I say I hate sketch, but that's why I started a sketch group, uh, or we started a sketch group, because I think all of us have got a bit disillusioned. So that's why the, I am the silent member, in name only, uh, of Gaines Family Gift Shop, um, which is... Manchester-based sketch group. So. And they're also coming to the Liverpool Comedy Festival and we will have a conversation with uh, perhaps yourself and members of, of Gaines Family Gift Shop. Kiri, how can people um, uh, do what, like, uh, all good comedy nerds stalk you, find you? Um, I think Twitter's the best way. Um, so, yeah, at Kiri Pritchard MC, um, you can get me on Twitter and then usually if I'm doing anything of note say a preview um, or something games related, it will go up on there. But the rest of the time, it'll just be me um, probably talking endlessly about my dogs and or what I'm eating. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how you can find me. But that's what Twitter's for. I don't know why people complain about that. That's <laughs> exactly what it's for. 
Well, we look forward to seeing you in Liverpool and we hope you have a, a, a great time in Edinburgh. Oh, thanks very much. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you for your time. Cheers. Good stuff, mate. Another one in the bag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was great. It's just great talking to someone who um, is just working their way through and, and doing really good stuff and really interesting stuff. Um, I think in preparation for the next podcast which will be uh, soon, mm. um, I think people should, sh- should seek out the Gaines Family Gift Shop. We're going to put some links, and uh, they're, they're dropping some fantastic YouTube um, short films at the minute. They are. They're well worth a watch. They're well worth a watch. So watch them, and then we'll have our chat with Ed of Gaines Family Gift Shop uh, in the next podcast. Just popping in again to say that Kiri Pritchard McLean's racist, sexist comedy show is... Uh, Double bill with Gaines Family Gift Shop, Volume 1, 81 Renshaw Street. And that's on the 26th of September. Back to you, Gav. And Pete, you're doing really well. Gav, here's a question. Yeah. It's August, mate. Yeah. You're talking about a comedy festival in Liverpool. Yeah. Shouldn't we be talking about the Edinburgh Fringe? Don't talk about the Edinburgh Fringe. Well, firstly, we live here. Liverpool, Manchester, that's where we live. Secondly, yeah. Northwest. Edinburgh's quite far away. I've, I've been a couple of times, but sure, yeah. I, I wasn't there. My bank manager phoned me up and told me I've been a bit of a dick recently and I can't go. Nah. Here's some stuff we definitely think you should go and see based on what we've seen so far in previews. I definitely think you should go see uh, Birthday Girls Party Vibes. It's free, for freak's sake. They're a sketch troupe. Um, there's three of them, and they all classify themselves as the funny one, which I think is very funny. Um, and there's lots of 90s R&B involved. It's good fun. It, it was really great fun in McCunthliffe. Also go see John Kearns on the Free Fringe. We saw mm. him try something at McCunthliffe and it was amazing. Gav made me sit on the front row, but it made the experience much better. I apologise for my timidness at all times. I think you should go and see Wilfredo, who's uh, rocking the Free Fringe as well. Just um, and, and, and just just such a, a fine, fine act. And uh, is, uh, something that, I, that all people can enjoy. Who else? Other things I saw that I really like, Josie Long is doing a show. You know, if you read the press, it's less political, more personal. Ultimately, it's great press. Ultimately, it's just really, really funny. Getting and really good press. She's one of the most charming people you can go and see do stand-up. Um, and Ivo Graham, who's doing Bowties and Johnnies, which has got my... Uh, which I think is a great name for a show. <laughs> also, don't forget our um, interviewee for podcast previous, Mark Silcox, is there on a bus. Uh, on a bus? On the top of, can you imagine that? And the, and the show that I am genuinely, genuinely upset that I'm going to miss, uh, Phil Ellis's Funs and Games, which is getting some fantastic feedback. Uh, Phil Ellis was just one of the most creative hours that I saw last year. I want to see that. I want to see. How am I going to get to see Funs and Games? Book it yourself, mate. Edinburgh. Comedy Festival. Edinburgh. Talk Edinburgh about. Fringe Comedy Festival. Tick. Where have you been recently? I went to the Phoenix. The Phoenix Fringe. Go on. We talked about it last year, didn't we? Bloody hell, we've got to that stage where we're just talking about things again. It's nice, isn't okay. it? Tian and Duyeb. Legend. Great conversation. We had a great conversation with him. And Tiffany Stevenson, who, uh, and amongst others, lead up, head up on that fantastic night, uh, Old Rope and the Phoenix. 
Uh, this is, I think, the third year of the Phoenix Fringe. We talked about it last year, and I went. I went this week. I went. I spent a night there. Who did you see? I saw a recording of Do the Right Thing podcast. They've got like four or five mics. They have guests. They've got producer Ben. They do crap, think mate. it was at, it was brilliant. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that coming out. That should come out quite soon. That's um, it's got Pappy's Techie Bastards. <laughs> Techie Bastards. <laughs> Issy Sooty and Margaret Cable Smith. Pappy's uh, who we've talked to. Yeah. People know good people. Yeah, Danielle Ward, who is a very good host. She's funny and she writes a script, Pete. She writes things down. There's a lot to learn from her. She's a lot to learn. And then after that, I saw um, the Zaltzman. We've talked to him as well. We've talked to him, Andy Zaltzman, who was uh, previewing his uh, Satirist for Hire show, which was lovely. Really, really sharp stuff as usual. Hello, there's some children on scooters going past. That's okay. They have no opinion, Andy Zaltzman. Uh, what, what do you think about satire, young people? No, no. So that was the Phoenix Fringe, some really good stuff, and I, I think uh, that's something on the list again for next year. Am I getting a bit too festively? Yeah, you're not allowed out very often, are you? So I'm really not. You have to sort of book in the weekends, don't you? <laughs> so this is, this is uh, we're coming to the end of this podcast, number 15, but number 16 is very exciting. It's very exciting, because somebody who we've not mentioned to go and see at Edinburgh or at Liverpool is a guy called James Acaster. James Acaster who I um, saw a preview of his new show, Recognise, last week. Go and see James Acaster. Uh, and I had a lovely chat with him, and that's in the next podcast. Uh, and somebody who we've already mentioned as well, Gaines Family Gift Shop, who are getting some fantastic press and reviews. We've got an interview with them coming up. In, I can't believe it. Uh, I can't believe. What a lineup! What a lineup! So don't done forget... Done it again, Gav. We've bloody done it again. Don't forget, you can get in... Co- slam that pen down. Get in contact with us. Let us know what you think. Um, you make sure you subscribe tell a friend if you're involved in a Liverpool Comedy Festival we want to talk to you um, we're on Twitter come and say hello uh, we will be uh, pushing these out won't we slowly but surely and then uh, very soon we start telling you about the things we're going to do during the festival we've got some exciting things lined up also I, what I can't recommend you do is on a Sunday night go to Spreaker and listen to our live shows whoa 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 Spreaker? Spreaker. Nonsense. I do not recommend. We live podcast every Sunday night. Mm, it's not good. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Jesus, mate. Well done. Um, but the next funny looking podcast proper will be good. Oh, uh, my. Pulled it back. Pulled it back in. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Have a lovely week. Say hello. Give us a review. Unless it's bad. We're not asking for money or PayPal's like all the other podcasts I listen to are. Squarespace. It's a website builder. (laughs) Just use WordPress, guys. It's quicker, easier, simpler.